Welcome to the Rise Priestess podcast, a place for women just like you who are in the process of claiming their callings, rising into priestesshood, and building a legacy. This is where values-driven women come to learn how to unleash their gifts and share them unapologetically with the world to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon. I'm an author, yoga teacher, activist, and business mentor. I bridge together feminine-inspired leadership and divine masculine action that quantum leaps you into an expansive experience of life and business. I believe that business is a vehicle for not only living a more purposeful and free life, but for also contributing to social and ecological healing. I live in a coastal town in Portugal and have been channeling my inner priestesshood into various heart-centered businesses since 2016. Back then, I left my life as an archaeologist to play my part in the reawakening of the feminine. Although I now run a successful mission-driven business, it's been quite the journey. I've had to move past imposter syndrome, own my gifts, make friends with money, step into feminine leadership, dismantle toxic conditioning, and learn ethical marketing practices. I'm here to help you on your journey to living life and doing business on your terms. From guest interviews to solo heart riffs to laser coaching sessions, this podcast is here to inspire you to reclaim the feminine, live your dharma, and get paid for being you. So sit back, take a deep breath, sister, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, darling. Welcome back. In this episode, my client, Dr. Laura DePian, shares with us her story of chronic illness and how it was actually a gift, helping her to slow down, embrace feminine flow, and ultimately become a therapist and a coach for fatigued women. It's such a juicy conversation. There's so much wisdom. You're going to absolutely love it. But before we dive right in, I just want to say that this episode is sponsored by my book, The Way of the Priestess, A Reclamation of Feminine Power and Divine Purpose. For those of you that don't know, once upon a time I was an archaeologist and I've kind of woven together the archaeology, understanding ancient priestesshood with an understanding of modern day priestesshood and that's what this book is. So in ancient times, priestesshood was a doorway to feminine power and divine purpose. And today, I really feel that embodying the priestess is a way for women to dismantle systems of oppression, patriarchy, I'm looking at you, reclaim the feminine, share their truth, own their gifts, and create freedom. In the book, I'm tracing priestesshood in ancient times, and I also share stories from my own life to really really explore how the priestess has been playing a pivotal role in the awakening of the feminine. And so whether you want to live more authentically and just be unapologetically yourself, if you want to start a business, start a project, or you want to feel more ease and more flow in your current situation, then the way of the priestess is for you because these words will help to inspire you to walk hand in hand with your feminine truth and it will also radically shift the way in which you see the world and the part that you are here to play in its evolution. So you can order the book um, in Barnes & Noble, Waterstones, Booktopia, Amazon and anywhere else that books are sold online. And 
when you order if you want to get free access to a very powerful priestess activation workshop then just go to www.drsarahcoxon.com forward slash book or you can click the link in the show notes pop in your details and I will send it over Hello gorgeous souls and welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy to introduce you to Dr. Laura DePian. She is an embodiment facilitator and she helps fatigued women reclaim their freedom, their energy and their flow. She's also an ex-client of mine so we work together really closely and she's just such she's just such an inspiration and such a joy. So Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you my love. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Of course, of course. Um, I never really know where to begin, but let's feel into let's feel into the question that's coming up. Yeah, tell us because you've had quite an interesting journey. Tell us more about your journey, where you know where life has taken you, and how life is now. Hmm, big question to start with. <laughs> um, wow. So. I guess really, for me, my journey's been very much one of living what I thought was my best life and then getting very sick and coming out the other side of it, uh, reclaiming myself really. And so I find it helpful to maybe go back to the point where I actually got sick and and just um, anyone that's really experienced chronic illness will will relate to this idea that there was life before you got sick and then there's life after. (laughs) And um, the life that I was living before I got sick was what I truly thought was my best life, I had it all, at least on paper. Um, in my 20s, I had completed a PhD. I had secured a lectureship at one of the top universities in the country. I had purchased a property. I was living life, ticking all the boxes. And then it all started to unravel. Um, I contracted a virus and I didn't recover from that virus. And so that really brought everything to quite a harsh and abrupt standstill really. And that was the pivotal moment where I was taken on this journey of self-discovery and reclamation and really turning the lens inwards to see what was going on and why was I not recovering. Wow. That's, I mean, just, I think so many of us have these before and after experiences where something happens and it's like, it smacks us awake and we have absolutely no choice, but to kind of face our shit (laughs) and, um, and go down, uh, yeah, it's almost like a, a course corrective, uh, happening, isn't it? Tell us, tell us a little bit more about, um, about that journey, about what you think the illness signified for you and the journey of reclamation that you've been on? Mm. 
Yeah, well, firstly, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just shared there around it being a sort of course correction. Um, and for me, it very much was that. It was absolutely a wake up call. And for me, this was, I suppose, an initiation. Um, it was an invitation for me to truly stop and look at the decisions I was making, the choices I was making around how I was living my life, who I thought I was, who I thought I needed to be. And it really became clear to me that I was living life from a place of lack and a place of scarcity and, and fear. And the journey it took me on was, I suppose, back to early childhood where I learned at some point that it wasn't safe for me to be myself in this world. And so I learned to mold and sculpt myself into a socially acceptable version of, of myself. And that meant that from quite a young age, I learned to put on a mask and speak from a script and edit myself to the point where I had lost touch with who I really was, who I came here to be. And essentially it dimmed my light so much that I guess it was flickering somewhere in the background. Um, and getting sick, I suppose was my body's way of communicating all of this to me, although I didn't know it at the time. And I've learned so much about this over the six years since this happened. I've really come to understand it as an initiatory event that woke me up to truth, to my reality, to who I really am so that I could I could take off the mask and burn the script and yeah, really just start to embody my, my truth and my power, my purpose, you know, who I came here to be. Um, so yeah, the, the, the illness was really my body's way of bringing me home to myself. Mm. The phrase you just said, burn the script, that sent chills down my spine and I think so many of the women listening to this no matter what they're up to in the world whether you know they're just starting out on their spiritual uh, journey or whether they are you know business owners and even facilitating some of this work I think we can all relate to that sense of still from time to time feeling like we're wearing a mask and feeling like there's a script that we should follow it's so easy to get pulled back into that isn't it? Oh, so easy. And, and this is something I still find myself navigating six years mm -hmm. on. You know, I am awake to all of this. It's, it's, um, it's there in the forefront of my mind, but I still have to catch myself from time to time because it is so easy to get swept back up into all of the conditioning around who we think we should be. And it's so easy to play small. It's so easy to be a people pleaser if that's what we've 
always known. And for some of us, that has been our only way of surviving. It's been our only way of navigating our way through a lot of difficult emotion and stress and a lot of pressure to perform and perfect ourselves and everything we do. Um, so it's taken a lot of love and, and compassion and it still does when I catch this part of myself wanting to fit in and wanting to, to be accepted and, and to belong and essentially to be loved. That's what we all want, right? Mm. I love what you said that, you know, you still, this is still something that comes up for you and it's definitely something that still comes up for me. What's interesting is the, the people pleasing that comes up for me is still very much in the the mode of performance and achievement mm -hmm. and I find myself kind of in this tussle of like no everything's good and this is like I'm really in alignment with who I am I'm really doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing oh wait someone someone over there is doing this oh shit I should be doing that <laughs> and then being like no fuck what am I doing like pulling pulling myself back to my truth and I think that's a really important message isn't it that it's we live in a world that is just constantly trying to condition us all the time so we have to be constantly vigilant and recognize that this is always going to be an ongoing process it's not like a tick box system where oh I found myself there I am it's constantly coming back to yourself time and time again absolutely and we live in a world that normalizes pushing and forcing and we wear being busy as a badge of honor and it's so easy to get caught up in all of that that it's hard for us to decipher what is our truth and what is our conditioning and for me I see it as this constant disentangling ourselves from it all and that requires, at least for me, a lot of time and space to myself to keep coming back to truth, to keep coming back to source, back to my power, um, a lot of grounding and centering. And that was something that I didn't allow myself to have before I got sick. There was no time for rest. There was, there was no time to be sitting breathing you know it was life was happening at a million miles an hour and so really one of the blessings in all of this for me has been the gift of time and space yeah it's almost like your chronic illness in some ways was a gift because yeah I mean I, I remember the world of academia there, there is no time to sit down and like focus <laughs> on you know your breath it's like crank out this publication teach this do that you know get funding and it's it's no different from the corporate treadmill in many ways it's just a different uh, structure a different institution but it's it's the the underpinning values are the same they are you know achievement hustle push force so it's like your your chronic illness was such a blessing because it gave you that opportunity to 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 sit and listen. And I'm wondering how you feel that this experience and everything that you've learned since is now shaping the work that you're doing with the women who work with you. Mm, 
yeah it, it very much underpins everything that I do now so I should probably say that it took a year after me getting sick with the virus for me to be diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and at the time that was something I'd never heard of and it was in some ways a relief to have to have a a diagnosis because it it meant that I wasn't making it up it, it it wasn't all in my head that I couldn't get out of bed in the morning or you know I would find myself completely incapacitated just because I got up to go and get a drink for example it, it gave me that validation but it also um it also took me on a very difficult journey with the Western medical system because mm. there were no answers for me. It was a case of giving me the diagnosis of CFS, ME, and then saying, there's nothing we can really do. Um, and that was really difficult. And it felt in the early days, it, it, it took me to some very dark places because I thought, well, this is it. This, this is my life now bedridden, isolated. Um, I remember feeling very alone. And actually now looking back, I realized that was such an important part of the journey for me because it was in that discomfort of being alone and being in that dark place that I had to look within. I had to look within myself for what what the truth of all of it really was. And I had to dig deep. And it was, it was then that I really started to find the medicine. And it was all internal. And it was a, a case of unlocking doors to healing medicine and healing messages. And as I started to tap into my truth more and more and I started to work with different modalities I began to pick up um, I began to get stronger in my body um, I gained clarity in my mind I started to understand my emotions a bit better and it was then that I realized that I had something that I wanted to offer out into the world as as a gift back to, to, to kind of, I suppose it was my way of expressing gratitude for finding so much light within me when I didn't think it was possible, when I was told it wasn't possible for me to heal. And I just tapped into so much wisdom that I wanted to share it out with the world. So I've been fortunate enough to do a number of different trainings and I've traveled to India and Bali to really immerse myself in these healing modalities so that I can work with other women who are in that place that I was in, that dark place, that isolated place where where you just feel so hopeless and you don't know which way to turn or or what to do but you know that that you want to get better and you know that there's so much more to life so 
for me, it's it's largely been about community and sisterhood. My my healing was very much embedded in my relationships, healthy relationships, um, especially with other women. Mm. And it's, I mean, so much of the healing journey is about deconditioning and, and getting away from that sense of, okay, I need something external from me, like Western medicine, to cure me when actually our, we are the medicine, essentially. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And we have everything we need on the inside. And there's so much about our culture that teaches us the opposite, mm -hmm. that teaches us that life exists outside of us. And we learn to go and search for it. Life is something that we have to go and get. And that's all coming from a place of lack, a, a place of fear that we're not enough as we are. And I think that's what takes us so far away from our truth. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a really powerful healing journey for me to return to this, this message that I have everything I need. And my healing journey has not been about finding anything per se, but it's been about removing and releasing the things that stand in between me and my truth wow again I've just got like shivers down my spine because that's true isn't it like so much healing is actually about removing the things that are causing the illness in the first place which can be you know toxins but also just toxic environments toxic um, conditioning that makes us push and force and think that we have to do things a certain way in order to be loved or to be safe. And what you're saying is healing is an unraveling of that. And it was when you were able to start to shed those layers of supposed tos that you started to become better. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. And I think part of it is that we learn to put up barriers or blocks as a way of protecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we, we find ways of armoring ourselves so that we can get through whatever it is that we're trying to survive. And there comes a point in our journey when we realize that that armor played such an important, vital role for mm -hmm. us but it's no longer needed and for me the initiation around my chronic illness was that invitation to drop the armor and bear all to the world basically yeah wow and I'm so glad that you said that as well because sometimes I find that we can really beat ourselves up around you know the conditioning or the armor or these like blocks that we have or these trauma patterns that we have without recognizing that actually they have served us they've kept us safe and many of us have experienced you know all sorts of trauma big trauma little trauma and really we we can honor these mechanisms but simultaneously say, okay, I don't need you anymore. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Without them, we would not be 
here today mm-hmm. and so I, I really do believe in honoring them and acknowledging what role they have been playing and it's then and only then that we can actually take them off like remove them um with this understanding that they have served their purpose and you know it's now time to step into our power and embody our purpose and we can't do that if we're coated in armor and covering ourselves up and too afraid to reveal our true selves to the world Mm. and tell us a little bit more about what that has looked like so obviously you went to India and started training and um, exploring being in sisterhood and since then what has that looked like in terms of coming home to you what how life is different now and what you've created what you're living tell us a bit more about what life is like now for you Mm. yeah well life looks I suppose unrecognizable from how it did when I was in academia living a very fast-paced unhealthy masculine life Um, life is much slower um much less force and a lot more flow um so really embodying so much more of the feminine yin energy as much as possible in my life um and like i said before really allowing time and space where I can say that I can keep coming back to myself. Um, I moved out of the city and into the countryside so that I could really embrace more of that freedom and and flow around me. Um, Really welcoming anything that helped keep my nervous system at bay because I, I recognized that was one of the biggest challenges for me my nervous system was constantly on high alert and so the way I live my life now really allows my nervous system to stay in this um, calm what we call the parasympathetic so much more of of the the rest and the digest and just allowing things to move through me Uh, in a natural way rather than push 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 and do 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 which is all the opposite the sympathetic which keeps us in in overdrive Um, so really embracing a lot of the healing modalities around that so for me that that was um, restorative yoga yin yoga and they're the styles of yoga that I have um, specialized in Um, and also a lot of um, a lot of womb work so coming home to my cyclical nature and really understanding that as a tool for healing and really learning that my own menstrual cycle serves as a compass for me to navigate life in a much more aligned and authentic way so yeah a lot there's a lot that 
I experience in, in my life now that I didn't even know about before I got sick. And, you know, I'm, I'm still learning new things. I'm still allowing new modalities and new healing messages to, to come through because that's all part of the discovery of who we really are, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I totally... I can totally resonate with everything you're you're saying and the the really the keep bringing ourselves back into the parasympathetic you know with things like yin yoga I mean that was something that I trained in years ago and I realized that this was like the mother of all of all yoga practices and yet you know everyone's there doing ashtanga and I was like what are you doing you don't need more fire you need more yin yeah um, but I mean this is just symptomatic of our of our society and I think what I what I've loved witnessing in you as well, Laura, is the fact that you know you also bring you're also bringing this into all aspects, even how you're building your business. It's like no, I'm building it from a place of feminine flow, and like yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle when we're doing a new project. You know, when we're like, okay, this is my purpose. I've learned this. I want to teach this. I'm going to put it out there in the world. Oh shit. I've gone straight back into hustle mode <laughs> and it's, and it's, everyone does it, but you have maintained this kind of, it's like this beautiful, abundant unfolding for you. And it's just incredible to watch because yeah, I want every woman listening to this, whether she's building a business or not to recognize like you don't have to push anything like nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's such a powerful message, especially for women in business. And you're so right, it's so easy to get carried away and start pushing and forcing. And in the early days of setting my business up, I would get stuck in this sort of boom and bust cycle where I would push and force and then burn out so quickly and it took a few rounds of experiencing that for me to realize that I I needed more of the feminine in my business and and that's really where our work came in because I I really needed that mirror so that I could see more clearly what I was doing and and where my choices were coming from and you know, still now I, I do catch myself in that, in that mode of forcing and perfecting everything. Um, but the difference now is that I catch myself a lot quicker and also I respond to it differently, um, just with so much more ease and compassion so that I can just come back to that more feminine way of, of flowing and sometimes that just takes you know a few moments of of deep breathing sometimes it takes a few days out of it all to come back to it um, with a more authentic approach um, so I think it's something that we're consistently working on because we're, we're essentially going against the grain aren't we it's mm -hmm. it's not part of our mainstream culture to not only live in this way but work in this way oh it's so true and even so many that you know teach um feminine flow and they they teach the stop the hustle 
they're actually hustling it's like yeah it's it's and you you can now I can see it for what it is before I'd be like oh wow they're doing all this stuff and they're doing it from feminine flow and then I'm like no wait actually they're they're in the hustle dance as well but I think it's important to to highlight as well that this work isn't about um stopping these mechanisms full stop because you are going against the grain we all are going against the grain when we decide that we want to embody ease and and flow and experience kind of quantum magic that way it's like you said it's about illuminating it and seeing it and then course correcting much quicker than we would have done yeah definitely and that requires you know some a certain set of knowledge or or the tools to do that and and that's what I didn't have before Mm -hmm. um and what I find really fascinating in all of this is that coming back to this feminine way of being is it's it's not new it's actually a form of remembrance because our body knows this slower or more cyclical way of being that doesn't involve pushing ourselves to our absolute limits until we then reach breaking point and have to you know really take a lot of time out it's it's this constant journeying back home to this place where our body just remembers how it goes and it's learning to to trust our body's way of of being essentially it's not about doing it's it's about being and leaning into that cyclical flow so yes there is absolutely a time to be out there and to be productive and to to get stuff done there is absolutely a time for that and our cycle shows us that um but there's also a time to to retreat inwards and to rest and to really allow for ourselves to restore body, mind, heart, soul, so that we can come back out again when it's time to come back out. Um, And learning to honor each phase of our cycle in that way really lends itself to business. And actually we just haven't, we haven't learned this. We haven't been taught this, um, which is such a shame. You know, I really believe that we should be taught this at school so that we can take this powerful tool with us out into the world Mm, I so I so agree with you and yeah it's we when we really allow ourselves to ride the regenerative currents of nature we cannot help but be in flow and there is a there's a time like you say for that kind of external like outward force of energy and then there's that time to retreat and yeah can you imagine if they taught if we were taught that as kids like how different our lives would be oh our lives would be so different so so different and it does sadden me that we've lost touch with this innate wisdom that we hold in our bodies and I think now we're we're really starting to make changes around this and we're starting to return home to this knowledge and I I see so many amazing people doing such wonderful work around all of this but we still have such a long way to go Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, the, the issues that we are facing in our society, you know, social is- issues, the destruction of ecosystems, like, you know, what's happening in our, in our wider world that seems to be happening at an accelerated rate, I believe is because we've, we've lost our connection to cyclical flow and we cannot operate linearly and you know we have an economy that operates linearly it thinks that you know resources will never run out and you know we have people believing that they can operate linearly thinking that they never need time to rest and and yeah we are coming back to there are pockets of people who are coming back to this ancient feminine wisdom but yeah we still have we still need the mainstream too, as it were. Definitely. I think we're in a very interesting point in time at the moment where Mm -hmm. we're sort of in this uh, transition out of one and into another. And, you know, we can see that happening, like you say, at the moment, Um, the systems and structures are starting to shake and crumble and I think we're very much entering into a new period now collectively where the feminine is coming more to the fore and we'll start to see much more of this cyclical way of of living and working um, becoming the norm but over time and so yeah, we're in a very interesting space right now where we are transitioning and and that can be really uncomfortable and really messy. And that's something that we're not great at, at welcoming into our lives, you know, um, but actually we need to lean into the discomfort of it all because that's where the medicine is and, and that's where the magic is. So, yeah, mm. it's it's I feel very honored and very privileged to be doing the work that I'm doing at this point in time Mm, I I think that's so that's such wisdom there isn't it like we have to let it be messy and yeah Mm -hmm. we are we're witnessing you know I always think of these things like with an archaeologist's mind (laughs) because that's my training and I, I never thought I would see it but I think we're actually starting to witness the beginnings of the the collapse of Western civilization as we know it. Um, so yeah, and it's going to be a one hell of a ride, but at least we've all got each other, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, <laughs> I think we learned many things last year, but one of them was the power of community and, mm-hmm. you know, what it, what it does mean to, to really come together and appreciate um the important people in our lives and to really appreciate the things that are a bit closer to home as well and and closer to nature and I think that's where this wisdom is really starting to permeate and um yeah just help people see things maybe from a, a different perspective now and a perspective that's a bit more aligned and in tune with with our natural rhythms yeah, I couldn't agree more. Oh, I love it. So where can we find you? Where can we stalk you? Where can we get in touch with you to find out more about your work and working with you? Mm. So the best place to find me at the moment is on Instagram. Um, so it's 
Dr. Underscore Laura Underscore Debt Underscore PN. Bit of a mouthful. Um, and my website is about to uh, go live. Um, so that will be lauradepian.co.uk. Um, so those are the probably the two best places to find me. And I always love hearing from people um, with, you know, whatever it is that you feel called to share and love having these conversations with people because this is what I believe is really needed right now to, to be talking about these things and really bringing them into our consciousness more and more. Amazing. I'll make sure that I link those in the show notes. So absolutely go and follow Laura, go and say hi. Um, her work is incredible. And the depth of her understanding is just absolutely needed in the world. So if her words have really spoken to you, definitely get in contact with her. And I have a final question as well for you. I ask this for um, to anyone who's worked with me. Um, if someone was considering working with me, uh, what would you tell them? Do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really think that it's, it's an invitation to, to gift something back to yourself. Uh, that's how I see it, um, as an opportunity to really let go of, of what's holding you back and yeah, step into power and, and purpose. And it's, it's not for the half-hearted, I will say that. It's really for those who are ready to invest in themselves. And that can be scary when we've learned to do the, the very opposite to put other people first. So yeah put yourself first now is a really good time to invest in yourself um, to come into alignment with who you truly are and to shine your light out into this world mm, beautiful words Laura thank you so much for sharing your incredible wisdom with us and um, I'll speak to you, you soon thank you so much Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise Priestess podcast. If this episode spoke to you, you can contribute greatly by sharing it to your Instagram stories. Make sure that you also tag me at Dr. Sarah Coxon so that I can personally reach out and thank you. And if you're not already a member of my Instagram community, you can pop over there now and join us. I keep it very real over there, sharing behind the scenes of my life and business to inspire you to live life and do business your own way. You can also apply to be a guest on the show by emailing sarah at Dr. Sarah Coxon with the subject podcast guest. You can also head over to my website. The link is in the show notes to find out more about how I can help you step into your unique priestesshood to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. See you next time.